Hello, Pesto Posse. Welcome to episode 50, 5-0, like Hawaii 5-0, of Pesto Pete's podcast. I'm your host, Pesto Pete, coming to you from the cab of the Tacoma at about 80 miles an hour on the main turnpike heading north. Just left Bangor about, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes ago, and I've got another couple hours before I get to camp. So I wanted to reach out. You might have a little road noise uh, cruising pretty good here. But um, just going up to God's country for a little cast and blast with the boys. It's uh, late September, and uh, and we've got guys in camp already. I'll be up today. we got some more guys coming in today, tomorrow, Saturday, Sunday. we got all kinds of good food planned and some great fishing on Grand Lake Matagammon. we got landlocked salmon and lake trout. And do a little trolling for those bad Larrys. And uh, Saturday the 30th is opening day for Partridge. So we'll be bird hunting uh, for Saturday. It's closed on Sunday and then Monday, Tuesday. And kind of interesting. I call it hunting. It's really not hunting. It's uh, really just shooting. Um, If you have Google Earth or Bing Maps, excuse me, go uh, go on and look up Shin Pond Village. Shin like your shin of your leg. Pond Village, and the camp is northwest of there, across Grand Lake Matagammon from Baxter State Park. So uh, we are on Pinland, which is uh, Penobscot Indian Nation land, and we're allowed to be there because two of the camp members, Chief and Anthony, are uh, Penobscot tribal members. So we have a great camp up there. They built it about 27 years ago. It's a, it's an awesome camp. Sleeps I don't know somewhere in the vicinity of. 12 to 14 people, very comfortable. Um, it is off the grid. We have no cell service, um, electricity by generator, propane lights in in the camp, and then uh, an outhouse for uh, for those special moments uh, when you need to uh, see a man about a horse. So heading up there um, again. Uh, if you're looking at Grand Lake Matagammon, go a little bit to the east. You'll see the Huber Road. It's a it's a paper road, paper company road that runs uh, north, to, south to north, north to south, and it's a main thoroughfare for loggers. And uh, we travel the Huber Road once we're off Indian land, which the Huber is. Um, I can't legally hunt birds on on Indian land without a permit, but uh, those permits don't start till November. Anyway. Uh, you, you ride the Huber Road. There's typically not a lot of birds there because a lot of truck, not a lot of truck traffic, but there is truck traffic. But there's all these little two tracks and little dirt roads off the Huber Road. We got the Bone Road. Um, that's an interesting story. I'll fill in the blanks in a minute. Gate Road, and luckily Godet's here. He knows every single road in the state of Maine, um, so he uh, he gets us on birds. Um, but again, we're not really hunting them. Um, you're driving the dirt roads. When you see a bird, you basically jump out of the truck and um, and shoot them with a, a small shotgun, like a 410 or a 20 gauge. The 410s are fun, single shot 410, and that way you're not destroying the bird and losing a lot of meat and pellets and everything else. But um, so we're looking forward to a really good uh, a really good week. Uh, just went through a construction site where a guy's standing in the middle of the road painting a bridge. Kind of interesting. But, um, yes, yeah, so we'll be doing the birds, uh, bird hunting. And the, the other interesting news, oh, Hallgren principle. But the other <clears throat> news that I find interesting 
<coughs> excuse me, is uh, the Penobscots um, get sustenance permits for moose every year, and I believe that season opened September 1st, so in the mornings we'll all head out and try to assist in um, locating a moose for them, and can't do anything more than locate on Indian land, we, uh, we can't, can't call, can't carry a rifle, and, and so forth, but um, just exciting stuff, you know, I, I killed a moose back in 2016, if you listen to the podcast, we did one uh, last year about this time from Moose Camp when Dave got his, and uh, pretty much everybody now has killed a moose in camp, all about 14 guys, um, except uh, Bruce, and I'll see Bruce on Sunday, I believe, but um, we're all pulling for Bruce to get a permit one of these days, and it just hasn't happened, so so exciting stuff, and I, I did mention the Bone Road earlier, and uh, this is my seventh year at camp, and uh, many, many years ago, one of the guys was out deer hunting in the November camp, and came upon a stench deep in the woods, and looked down into a creek, and saw a shirt, flannel shirt, and in the flannel shirt was an arm, a human arm, and he started to look all around and discovered more parts of a human body, uh, hence the name Bone Road. Well, the authorities were called, and uh, they did deem it a murder and a dump. They dumped the body way up in the middle of nowhere, but the interesting part of it is they never found out what really happened, but the feds thought that it was probably a hit that happened in New York or New Jersey. They were specific about that part, but uh, they weren't specific about who it might have been. So so that's the Bowen Road. Every road has a name for a reason. The Gate Road has a name, Gate, because there's a big gate. But uh, other than that, there's a shitload more, and none of which I really know. But but it's just exciting stuff. We've, uh, we've seen some cool stuff up here. A couple years ago, we saw a, an ermine, which is like a weasel, and it was in... I think that was in uh, October and it was kind of cool because they've already at that point they already start changing from their brown hide to their winter coat which is bright white and he ran across one of the dirt roads in front of us and it was uh, the poor thing looked like he was uh, throwing up a surrender flag he was so bright white against all the brown it was really really cool and uh, one night Dave and I Woody and I he'll be up tomorrow but uh, he and I went out to find a cell signal. There's no signal at the camp. There's really no signal anywhere unless you go back to Shin Pond, which is about a 40-minute drive. And um, so Woody and I went out. Somewhere on the Huber, there's a Mylar balloon hanging from a telephone pole. And someone did that to signify a spot where you could sometimes get a cell signal if everything's perfect, the, the weather, the wind, cloud cover, everything. So we went up to the balloon, didn't see anything. It was just getting dark. Um, drove a little bit down the Huber Road, and something walked out in front of us and threw a culvert and up onto a, a little berm next to the, to the road on the, on the driver's side. And about 15 feet, 20 feet from the window of the truck, we stared at a lynx who was staring us down from about, like I said, 15 or 20 feet away. And if, if you ever watch videos on lynx, they can jump about 30. So Woody had the window down. I was in the passenger side. And unfortunately, it was too dark to uh, take a picture. And it happened so quick. But I remember saying, Dave, 
any chance you can put your window up? Because <laughs> I know they're like trained assassins, and I would imagine he could have uh, leapt and wiggled his way through the driver's window, which would have been highly unfortunate, certainly for Dave and potentially for me. But um, so looking forward to a great few days. Got a truck full of food. Um, barbecue is on Sunday with baby back ribs and chicken. Um, tomorrow night, I, I actually went down to Cape Cod last night and uh, harvested a half a bushel of little neck clams, so clams linguine tomorrow night. And uh, Kaiser, the camp chef, has all kinds of great things planned. So um, I'm approaching the Katahdin uh, lookout. Mount Katahdin, for, for those who don't know, is the either the beginning or typically the end of the Appalachian Trail. Um, one of our camp members, Donnie's daughter, her uh, trail name was Bug, Sydney, but her trail name was Bug. Uh, she... I think it was two years ago, 2021, 2021, she did the, uh, the uh, Appalachian Trail from Georgia to Mount Katahdin, uh, straight, straight shot. A lot of people do it in segments, and she did it uh, all in one shot. Took her about three months and met some folks on the trail. They became lifelong friends, and the cool part about it was Donnie and his wife, Jen, I think they were both there, but I definitely know Donnie was at the, the peak of Katahdin to greet Bug when she made her final steps on the uh, on the Appalachian Trail. Quite a feat. Uh, my wife wants me to try doing it when I retire, and I don't know if it's because she wants me to accomplish something as unbelievable as that or if she just wants to get rid of me for three months. Then again, when I'm in my 60s, it'll probably be four months, but um, kind of gotta look into that a little bit further don't know what her intentions are but but as you can tell I'm a little fired up I don't see these guys most of them from more than once a year and uh, you never know it when we get back together it's like we've seen each other every day for 365 but but it's just a it's just a thrill to be off the grid to kind of live off the land a little bit to drive dirt roads with a chainsaw in the back just in case with a with a 410 open over your lap waiting for a a very delicious partridge to pop out. Um, you know, most people say, well, you're not wing shooting. That's not really, that's really not uh, sporting. Hold on a second. Is that a partridge or not? Crow. But if you ever want to check it out, go on Partridge Hunting Maine. And it's really kind of the way people do it up here. Um, yeah, you can wing shoot them if you had dogs and stuff. But it's typically so thick. Um, that you're better off trying to shoot them on the road. And it's more about the meat than it is about the sport. Um, many, many years ago, I hunted with a guy, Sunrise Camps, up in Akusik, Maine, which is on uh, Rangeley Lake. And he had, uh, Mike, had some really well-trained Drothars, which is a, a wire-haired, German wire-haired pointer. And you hunt over them, but it's so thick that the dogs have these collars on that beep intermittently while they're running and when they stop they beep faster so you know they have they have a bird on point and then you kind of walk up and locate them and, and then try to flush the bird and interestingly if the um, if the dog is barking you know he's treed a bird when they look up they're trained to bark because that beeper will not change you know they have them on point but at that point the bird's not on the ground but up in a branch 
So it's kind of cool stuff. We did very well with Mike back in the day. But uh, this, like I said, is, uh, is more about the meat. They are a delicious animal. Um, typically, they're about the size of a small chicken. But they'll also, they'll also have a, uh, either two or three hatches a year. So even sometimes in September, October, you'll shoot a really tiny bird that's uh, just a few weeks from hatching and birds grow fast but um, so you can have a bird that's about the size of a chicken and another one that's about the size of a of a morning dove so kind of kind of cool how that can be um, just an aside I was driving just up before Bangor in Carmel and uh, I had a bald eagle flying over now, up here you don't call them bald eagles because but I had a bald eagle flying literally just above my truck on a uh, on the highway and it's always cool to see to see the the eagles and that the way they their wing beat and it's so so gra so i don't know uh not gradual what was the word i'm looking for domestic so um i don't know it's beautiful so we see them up in matagammon most of the time but uh they seem to get more prolific but uh it's been it's been a great trip already i've driven 623 miles since yesterday and uh, I have about another 100 to go, and then, uh, and then a bunch of driving on the roads on the way back. And Just looking forward to a great time. Again, you can tell I'm excited. Um, we wait all year for this. I, I slept about two hours last night. I tried to sleep. Finally got up at quarter of four and hit the road by 4.30. And, you know, not, a, not an ounce of fatigue in my body right now. It'll catch up to me. But, um, again, just can't wait to see the boys. And to, and to experience Matagammon once again in Camp Windleblow. The name of the camp's Windleblow because it's always windy. But uh, I'll take some pics. I'll uh, put them on my, my Instagram page at Pesto Pete's Podcast. I'm sorry, Pesto Pete 24. I changed it. And uh, we may have a couple of, uh, of my sponsors' bikes up here. That would be Quiet Cat, Q U I E T K A T. Uh, look them up online. They've got great bikes. And Connor, who's a good friend, is a rep, a rep for the for the company. And uh, he offered us a couple bikes to tool around on. There are some weird laws now in many states about motorized vehicles. And if they're under 750 watts, I guess they're considered unmotorized somehow. But uh, we're going to take our chances, I think, if, if Woody decides to pick them up on his way. But um, that would be cool. And Speaking of Quiet Cat, if you uh, order from Quiet Cat and you use the promo code PO, like post office, and the 20, 20 and the percent symbol, they'll give you 20% off your order. So that's valid. Give that a try. Uh, Connor was kind enough to be my first sponsor uh, four and a half years ago when I started the podcast and, uh, and still rolling. So uh, rolling strong. But uh, look forward to a great week. Look forward to doing a podcast while we're bird hunting. Episode 51 should be from the cab of somebody's truck, and there should be some excitement involved. So keep listening. I appreciate it. We're well over 3,000 listens. Um, it was interesting. I was listening to or uh, went on my, my um, podcast platform, Anchor, and Spotify, and there's a, there's a podcaster, I forget who it was, who said, you know, now that I've had... Oh, uh, Murder in America. And they said, now that we have over a million listens. And I'm like, you sons of bitches. I thought 3,000 was good. 
they've had over a million listens. It's a good podcast if you're interested in true crime. Um, it's a husband and wife team. But um, I'm a little envious, I have to admit. So please, tell your friends, tell your families, listen to Pesto Pete's podcast. Start from the beginning. There's only 50 now to catch up on. And uh, I look forward to be back in touch in the next couple days. Take care. Tight lines, shoot straight. And I'll be back.